Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. We look at people and think what they portray about themselves is who they really are, only to find what you see is only on the surface. In fact, all that's going on in the world today is biblical and progressing all according to the Creator's plan. You want proof? Listen to Ecclesiastes 3.1. There's an appointed time for everything and there's a time for every event under heaven. You tell me what's not included in everything and every event. You've heard can't judge a book by its cover. Would humanity be the same? We must be very cautious in letting one's clothes, cars, crib, charm, career, and currency influence us. So, what does make someone a good person? Does possessions, prestige, paper, and power accurately reveal the truth about anyone? You got your tags. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life Under the Skin. Today I pray this Godcast gets you to stop, look, and listen, to be purposeful in taking time and cogitating on God's truths in His Word. This Godcast may even challenge you to do what so many people fail to do beyond the surface, and that's look at oneself in the mirror. As I said in the intro, can't judge a book by its cover. Would humanity be the same? We must be very cautious in letting one's clothes, cars, crib, charm, career, and currency influence us, remember? Does what they have make them good people? Does their possessions and prestige and paper and power accurately reveal the truth about anyone? Aren't one's vehicle types, home or homes, magnetism, attractiveness, vocation, occupation, capital, fortune, riches, and wealth represent good things? It must, because so many are chasing it, and still many others are making it known and publicizing it. I will testify as to what Jesus says about it, and it may be very alarming as to what it could very well mean. Excuse that tongue twist. You want proof of his warning? Listen to what Jesus says in Luke 16, titled The Rich Man and Lazarus. Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, child remember that during your life you received your good things 
and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us, you there, is a great chasm fixed, so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able, and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, in order that they may, that, excuse me, in order that he may warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. The word of God. So, Here's this man dressed in purple and fine linen, living in splendor, gated community, so that would indicate wealth, right? He has an abundance of food because the food not consumed was falling on the floor. So one could very easily mistaken that this man is being blessed by God because of the good things he has, right? How about this from Jesus? It's Matthew 5. 45 so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous so my fellow disciples just because there's sun and rain on your property doesn't truly mean that God is blessing you. I guess what truly does matter is under the skin. I will tell you that your eyesight does not change when you're in Hades because God has promised us a new name and we will be like him as we will see him as he is as God's word promises in 1 John 3 2. So that must mean in Hades, you will not even see the goodness of God. I'm testifying to the truth. How many times have you been hurt by someone and that portrayed one image and only to find out that they were completely different than what you had believed? Does anyone specifically come to your mind? How did it make you feel when the truth about them was revealed? What really makes up the essence of a person? There must be an innermost being that would exist below the vessel's heart, lungs, and vital organs. It has to be because Jesus said so. <laughs> Listen to what Jesus says in John 7:38. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. How about Proverbs 20, 27? 
It says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. And Job 38, 36. Who has put wisdom in the innermost being or given understanding to the mind? And lastly, Psalm 51, 6. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. My fellow disciples, you are in spiritual motion or commotion under the skin, NGA. You are either water running from a faucet or water that's in a bucket. There is a constant in one's spiritual life, and it's the indications of life and running water compared to water that's stagnant in a bucket. The major difference? Living water is running because it has a source, and that source is with a capital S, and the source with the capital S is the only true God. The water confined in a bucket is contaminated by its surroundings and will eventually dry up to a residue at the bottom of the bucket revealing all of its impurities. The living water is being brought about in you by the work of God the Holy Spirit growing in the knowledge of the only true God is performed by the Helper. Listen to the truth of God it's what Jesus said in John 14:26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Well, he must be alive because he's talking. He didn't say through his word. He said, I said to you. So you got to be believing what God is saying, my fellow disciples. Do you truly believe what God is saying? A spirit filled with God's spirit has and produces fruit. And the fruit is the fruit of the spirit. Remember Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the evidence of this intrinsic inner being that's at the core of who you are, under the skin, with godly spiritual qualities, God's living attributes alive in you. You heard them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Sorry, my fellow disciples. These are not things that you wear on your sleeve or your jacket or vest. They're intrinsic. They're within you. So, then it has to be this. You either have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, or you have 
hatred, war, impatience, cruelty, evil, infidelity, dishonesty, adultery, betrayal, harshness, self-indulgence, self-gratification, self-centeredness, self-pity, leading to total selfishness, NGA. Remember that? No gray area. And if you need to, go back and listen to episode 24 titled, Discipleship the Way of Life, NGA. My fellow disciples, there is no gray area with God. Listen to this truth in James 3.16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Look around you. You tell me what you see. I know you have to see it. There is jealousy and selfish ambition everywhere. I'm just going to insert this in here. I'm on the highway and driving as a professional driver. Oh my goodness. There are selfish people everywhere. So if it's true and I know you see it, jealousy and selfish ambition, then what God says is true then. It's disorder in every evil thing. That's the plain old truth. And every evil thing is like the diversity of people's eye color, height, weight, skin color, language, hair color, and lengths, and ages. And that, my fellow disciples, is just an infinitesimal example of the magnitude of every evil thing. In the world today, there is so much focus on the surface, which is truly a distraction to what is really going on under the skin. You see it and you hear it. You tend and must be ignoring it, all of it. And you know, my fellow disciples, it's all about flesh and blood. And it's one of the greatest distractions, and the many are dabbling completely in it. Listen to what God says in Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. The flesh and blood would be the skin. But God is saying the struggle, the battle, the fight, the brawl, or the melee is not against the flesh and blood, the physical. It's spiritual, my fellow disciples, spiritual, because it's against the powers, world forces, spiritual forces of wickedness. And where do you suppose those powers, world forces, spiritual forces of wickedness reside, my fellow disciples? Under the skin. Yes under the skin. How about this? You see a person dressed in the best made suit or dress, yet under the skin? Spiritual forces of wickedness. I know many misunderstand what God says regarding the heart, and yes, the physical heart is under the skin. No doubt about that. 
But what Jesus is referencing in Matthew 15 testifies to the heart which be is the seed of the mind. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 15, 15 through 20. Title, The Heart of Man. Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. Jesus said, Are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. These are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. Verse 19 confirms this truth. If what fills the heart saturates the mind. And Jesus says, verse 19, For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Then out of the heart comes. So I must ask you, my fellow disciples, where do tell are your thoughts in your head or they in your chest? Stop touching your chest when you talk about your heart. Start touching your head. Your heart is the seed of your mind. I'll go over to Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Again, my fellow disciples, Jesus is saying the heart of humanity produces evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. So one could ask, where? Well, I would have to say, the heart is the seed of your mind, and what fills the heart soaks the mind. See it like this. There's a bucket, orange in color, with a blue liquid substance in it. You place your yellow sponge into the bucket. Now your yellow sponge is saturated with the blue liquid substance. Therefore, what soaks the heart permeates your mind. I can only speak for myself, my fellow disciples. Before God and his love, mercy, and grace save this wretch, my heart was deceitful and desperately sick. My mind was full of immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, animosities, conflict, jealousy, outbursts of anger, arguments, rebellion, division, envy, drug addiction, and drunkenness, and carousing, and a plethora, a plethora of other sin, my fellow disciples. And God confirms the deeds of the flesh in Galatians 5. And I like so many other disciples. In fact, all of them will have those same two words every disciple will testify to, but God. 
So who is this living God we serve? I will tell you what you are hearing today is a dumbed down version of who he really is compared to who he says he is and what he says about himself. I'm just going to take a few. Read the book. You'll see it and hear it. It's true. Everything. But you have to believe that. I'll be quoting a few passages from the book of Job. And I'll be in Job 12. I tell you, you must read the book of Job. And you must read Job 12. Because God did say that Job did testify rightly about him. And when Job's friend didn't, you can read that too in Job 42.7. But here's just a few passages just to get us in the right mindset of how we really should be viewing the only true God. This is what it was saying in Job 12, 9 and 10. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this, and whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? In verse 14, it says, Behold, he tears down, and it cannot be rebuilt. He imprisons a man, and there can be no release. Verse 16, With him are strength and sound wisdom. The misled and the misleader belong to him. In verse 23, He makes the nations great, then destroys them. He enlarges the nations, then leads them away. I will tell you, take some time to read, study, and meditate on Job 12. I pray God the Holy Spirit illuminates your heart and mind to the truth of who our living God really is and what he can do and what he has done. I would like to now read to you uh, from the book of Mark, uh, chapter 4, and I'd like to read verses 1 through 20, because I think it'll give you a broader perspective of what you see around you, because so many are being deceived to believe things that are really not true. So, Mark 4, 1 through 20. He began to teach again by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was by the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables and saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this. Behold, A sower went out to sow, and he was sowing. Some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, 
and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seed fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those who are outside get everything in parables, so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive. And while hearing, they may hear and not understand, otherwise they might return and be forgiven. Now, of course, the wonderful thing about God is he gives an explanation, because we surely need it. And this is his explanation. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown, and when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones whom the seed was sown on rocky places who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones on whom the seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of the world and a deceitfulness of riches and a desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones whom the seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. The Word of God. Now you tell me, you look around, what are the ratio of the four soils of the one to the three as a total of four? Can you see the same ratio around you where you walk? Because I would suspect it's God's living word which applies all along the linear line of time. It's not just for them back there. It's for us today, because I think when he says you, he doesn't say them, he says you. Wouldn't that be you, Y-O-U, my fellow disciples? You want proof? Listen to Ecclesiastes 3.1. There's an appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event under heaven. Just like this Godcast, my fellow disciples, I, all things, right? It's an appointed time for everything, a time for every event 
under heaven. You tell me what's not included in everything and every event. If God has an appointed time for himself, and they have, because he's the author. But so do you, my fellow disciples, so do you. And of course, I know you want proof. Here's your proof. Acts 2, 22 through 24. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God pre pre performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. And Luke 10, verse 1. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. Now, let me just say a couple things. First of all, I wonder, did any of the 70 say, I'm going to be in your group? I wonder who was the two that picked each other to go in the pairs. And I wonder how they knew the city and place that they were going to go. You think they just kind of went on their own and went to where they thought they should go? Sounds like appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event to me. I believe you're being deceived if you think anything other than God's predetermined plan and foreknowledge. And it only applies to God, his disciples, and the people of that day. No, my fellow disciples, it applies to you as well. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this, in whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? And there you have it, every living thing and the breath of all mankind who's outside of every and all hope you don't think you are as we head back up take this with you god has made his law of the harvest painfully obvious to all of humanity here's the proof it's genesis 1 11. then god said let the earth sprout vegetation plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them and it was so so i guess if god said in genesis the first book of the old testament put all a lot of the greatest works of god in it we should know that, but then I guess there are people that say it don't apply. How could not any of his 66 when he said all my words? So what do we have today, my fellow disciples, that happened to Genesis 1? 
Peppers from pepper seed, apples from apple seed, monkeys from monkey seed, and human from human seed. You know that which God says is true, right? Are you being deceived to believe something else? Yes, it does say fruit. But here's the other truth, because it's also in Genesis. And it was Genesis 9, God was saying to Noah, As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. That would be for humanity. You need seed to produce seed. Anything other than that? Deception. That's the simple truth. Listen to Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Someone tell me what the word whatever means. Whatever. Now, I know the world will try to twiddle, fiddle, whittle, and shuttle it down. But in short, whatever means anything, everything, whatsoever, and all. Now, you tell me what's not included in anything, everything, whatsoever, and all. And just as a reminder, God's law, like gravity, and the harvest cannot be broken. So, so, reap. Right? So reap, and you will reap more than you sowed, and later than you sowed it. That's the plain old truth. Hebrews 12, 2, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. I like to say our, but I was adding that. It's Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Since Jesus is the author, then he's written the script. Let me say it again. He's written the script. Tell me when you became his chief editor and could write new blueprints in his foundational plan. By the way, surely you're not using a pencil. God's writing instrument is his finger. Exodus 31 18 that's the plain old truth please don't be deceived under the skin applies to more than just one skin color nationality race or place of birth remember what God says in Ephesians 6 12 for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the powers against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places and what and where do tell do you think they occupy? Under the skin. Just remember Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In our modern day vernacular, my fellow disciples, he ain't changed. And by the way, he ain't your bud. He's your God. Jesus also warns us in Matthew 24, 37 and 39. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like in the days of Noah. 
For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until a flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. So don't let those who under the skin are rulers, the powers, the world forces of darkness, the spiritual forces of wickedness that are consumed with hatred, war, impatience, cruelty, evil, infidelity, dishonesty, adultery, betrayal, harshness, self-indulgence, self-gratification, self-centeredness, self-pity, and total selfishness move you from the truth of God. That is, unless in the foundational plan written by the author with the capital A has written that in it for you. Believe it or not, there are only two kinds of people on this planet. Listen to what God says they are in 1 John 3.10. By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Let me repeat that. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. NGA, my fellow disciples, NGA. You should also know this biblical truth. There is the only true God, as Jesus says in John 17:3, and that's with a capital G. And then there's a God with the small g of this world testified in 2 Corinthians 4.4. When God's word is written on the tablet of your heart, it will appear into your mind and proceed out of your mouth. And I will testify what's pleasing to God is when his words are coming forth from your heart, mind, and mouth. And finally, there is a predetermined plan and foreknowledge for your birth to the parents you didn't choose. Your day of salvation. And that day you will be standing at the judgment seat of Jesus. So, if those days are, then so are all the others in between, my fellow disciples. And I pray today that when that day comes, and it will, as you gaze into his eyes and Jesus looks into yours, you hear the only true God say, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and I thank you for today. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, I am truly humbled by your Spirit's work in and through my life. I know there are other disciples out there that are looking for disciples to come alongside of them. Just like you walked alongside those to the road to Emmaus to interact with them, encourage them, to build them up. Please, Abba, 
bring forth those disciples, especially for the ones who feel that they are alone in this struggle against the rulers, the powers, the world forces, and the spiritual forces of wickedness. When Elijah said he felt alone, you said in your divine response to him, I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. And in your faithfulness, O oh God, you would do the same today because you are the same faithful God that we read about, heard about, and by the power of your Spirit have come to know, love, and serve, and have seen the work of your hand in and through our lives. Bring to their remembrance all your wonderful works in and through their lives so that we, as your disciples, can come together regardless of where you have placed us in your foreknowledge and predetermined plan, coming together as one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism in one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all, believing the truth of who you are so that we then too will proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we might present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with D.L., the Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship and keep walking the way. <laughs>